Hello, everybody, and uh, please uh, ignore that. <laughs> that er issue, a little error, you know, a little technical difficulty, that's what I'm going to call it at the beginning there. But hello, everybody, thank you for joining us to the 25th episode of the HSBG podcast. I'm your host, K. Collins. I'm here with my constant co host, Shay Debon. How you doing? You're here as always, Collins. I am well. What about yourself? It was good, you know. It was uh, it was my birthday yesterday. I I set up like little balloons. I kind of forgot to uh, kind of forgot to take them down because you know that's too much effort. Like putting them on, on up was effort, and then you expect me to take it down too on my birthday. It's not gonna happen. But yeah, um, it was also your birthday pretty recently. It's kind of cool. We we have very similar birthdays. You're on the fifteenth, mine on the twenty fifth. So. Uh, that's synchronized very close together yeah yeah it always makes me think about like those um you know astrology or whatever the people that care about that kind of stuff and like oh yeah you guys have very similar birthdays that's why you guys are friends you know? <laughs> uh, like, yeah but yeah. I, I i just like i have no clue you know and they're like yeah that's your nature <laughs> but hey you know we both have very similar birthdays always on august so pretty cool happy birthday to you uh if you haven't said happy birthday to shady make sure you do that and uh <laughs> i will be very yeah. mad if you don't so you know thank good on that but blah 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 blah. hey we always talk about our uh battlegrounds weekly overview just kind of things in this meta i would say for me the meta is the same because i haven't been played as much <laughs> but you know shady always uh, always dominating, doing a lot of stuff, getting in trouble, you know, b being a little too strong, a little too early, <laughs> that, that kind of thing. So it's kind of interesting how, how things are shaking out for you. Yeah, it's, um, uh, I'm just living and breathing battlegrounds right now. I'm just really enjoying playing, going hard and learning and just feels like I'm, I, I just keep getting better, keep getting, you know, more little pieces of the puzzle of how the meta works. And um, yeah, feels very rewarding to play right now. I know that Not feeling, and I know yeah. how it all comes crashing down, like next week. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm a noob again. No, all my informational advantage is gone. So I'm trying to squeeze it out, right? I'm like trying to get both my accounts on the front page. Mm -hmm. uh, one is ranked 28 right now. The other is like 36 or so. So if I can get them both on the front page, that'd be insane. You, yeah, that'd be quite nice. But uh, it's yeah, uh, it's going to be interesting, especially when I do switch. But for now, for sure. we have some things to talk about, right? But we always start with, um, you know, the heroes and the uh, minions of the week. I believe this week it is... Ash Fallen, right? We, well, Shady, you want to talk about Ash Fallen? I was going to pick Patchwork because I think Patchwork is a very interesting hero that a lot of people play mm -hmm. and have there's so much strategy around Patchwork that extra 15 health really mm -hmm. allows you to do some crazy things that, you know, other heroes don't have access to personally. But Shady was like, no, no, no. Ash Fallen is a hero people actually play. <laughs> And uh, maybe they would like this better than a hero they're not going to touch. So I was like, you know what, Shady, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> so we scrapped that uh, Patrick idea. I had a lot of strategies set up for, for Patrick, but now we have to go for 
the ash falling da, da, da. Yeah, a little bit sad but this is a good hero in my opinion definitely a hero that people will play and should play uh especially if you know how to use it and the right minions are and i think um that that last passive is pretty relevant right uh, initially i was thinking ah you know it's not that crazy but since it's just an aura for yourself right and and there are a couple of uh, things that summon things when they die, right? Menace being one of the best options, right? If you once you do get that third passive activated, you do have that extra style open up for you. It makes um, things with divine shield application uh, a lot better, right? A normal modules, which we talked about last week's, a lot better as well. Four plus four plus six, and as long as you can use the uh passives in a quick time frame you're almost guaranteed not to be last right and you're almost uh, guaranteed almost even like top four maybe top five the lobby is like especially strong but definitely a good hero has a lot of options you can also just use it as like a buffer to get like a tier six and then build your comp around there so it's not you're not forced to stay on four when you play the hero right i think that sometimes you see this here, you're like, oh, it's good with mechs. Okay, I'll just stay on four every single game. Right? You don't have to do that with this here. You can definitely use it as like a branching pad to get a six and then play like um, tier six gaming, which is very common these days. So it's not it's not as one dimensional as it might seem. Like, oh, I, mechs have to be in. There's no other game style. You can actually do a lot of other things. Like beasts also work really well. So um, definitely a hero that sounds good. Uh, but yeah. What do you think, Shaggy? Hey, Klaus. <laughs> it's, um, I mean, you mentioned a lot of things there, right? So I'll just jump on the tribes that are in or out. Uh, it is relevant. So essentially what my goal is when I'm playing Kurt or Ashfall, and like you call him, uh, we're on a first name basis, right? So Kurt, Kurt. Nah, not I, for me. <laughs> yeah, you, you don't play, you don't play enough. You get to call him Mr. Ashfall, and I'm, I'm good with Kurt. So... I love to proc the first step of the hero power on six gold. That's something that I've consistently been able to do. And essentially what that looks like is you buy any sort of economy that you can on three gold, you tier on four gold, five gold. Again, you try to load up on economy. And that means that you should have three bodies at the very least um, if you find any sort of economy which means that you can sell those three bodies on six gold and then triple buy from the shop, which will then give you three buff minions. If you don't have any economy, but there is economy in the shop, you can also opt for two buff minions where you purchase your economy from the shop and cycle that to them buy two minions and have two bigger ones. The main reason I do that is not necessarily because it makes you strong, although it does. If you have three buff minions on that turn, that's pretty decent. The main reason I do that is because it opens up the hero power for the second step. Because I, I think what most people do if they don't really have any experience playing Kurt, they use the first step on eight gold because it makes sense when you think about a normal leveling and tiering and buying schedule. You buy two minions on five gold, you buy two minions on six gold, you tier and you level on seven gold. Sorry, you level and you buy on seven gold. And then on eight gold, you sell one thing and you buy two things. And uh, sorry, you buy three. one thing from the shop, sell. Yeah. So, yeah. so you end up buying three things total that turn. 
and then the hero power procs, but that's a little bit too slow for my taste. What I like is to proc the hero power on six gold, and then on eight gold, I can see either I get a lot of economy and you pop again on eight gold. This is possible if you get a money pirate, it's possible if you get one or two more tokens, um, or you get to just tier. You're no longer bound by that, oh, I have to buy, because it feels like if you haven't hero powered, or you haven't procced the first step of the hero power, you feel almost cornered in, I have to do it on that shop. And that means that you are buying minions at a very crucial stage of the game where you really don't want to be buying bad minions at that stage. Whereas at the six gold point, it kind of doesn't matter that much what you're buying there. Usually, if you slap plus two, plus two on them, it's good enough. But once you're at eight gold, the difference between buying a bad shop on tier three and just going moving up to tier four is pretty big. Yeah. So I like to have that freedom. I like to have that flexibility to say, oh, I'll just go to four and I'll pop again next turn. But if you haven't popped the first step of the hero power and then you tier to four, then on nine gold, you got to step pop the first step. And then on 10 gold, you can only do the second. So there's essentially always a turn behind if you don't get the first step on six gold. So that's that's one of my... I guess secrets or you know favorite way to play. Uh, it, it looks a little weird when you just like sell three things, buy three things, but it's uh, it's been working for me. And then of course from there we mentioned tier four. I think you can absolutely do a lot of cool tier four stuff with them, but again, I don't like to force things right now. So if you get good minions, sure we can do tier four stuff. If not, you can still go off on tier four, which you usually do. I don't think you usually have the second uh, step of the hero power on tier five, but you can focus more on just say buying a jug, buying a token, and you're buffing your current board. You don't necessarily have to find a strategy. Although usually what you like to do is you like to have a healthy mix between units you're using to sell and units you want to keep. So when I look at my board, Let's say I tiered on eight gold. Let's say that I didn't have a bunch of money pirates. I didn't have a bunch of tokens and I didn't really want to buy. I tier on eight gold and then on nine gold, I find myself in a shop where I might go off again if I have any sort of economy to help me out. So what helps you then is you know you're going to be purchasing four minions. You also see how many minions you have on your board and you can say, okay, this amount of minions I would like to replace. So you have three big minions that you use the buff. So that might mean that all four minions you're getting from the shop, you might want to keep. You might also have a pair, randomly a pair that you picked up that's not buffed. Now you have three buff minions and a pair. That means you only need to keep two minions from the shop. That means you have a lot more freedom where you can just buy two things that are just food for the hero power. Food, it's better if it's a jug. It's better if it's an overseer or something like that. But it can just be a Murloc Tidehunter. Um, can also do cool stuff like buy a Cadgar, then play an Alley Cat. Suddenly, a lot of board space, a lot of money. Sell, 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 buy, buy, buy. So anything that you can do to sort of spice it up, give you more economy is really cool uh, when, you're, uh, when you're trying to make that hero power work. So a lot of planning really helps. Sometimes you will um, on nine gold level to four. So let's say another common pattern that happens is 
you've popped the first step on six. Six. Then on eight gold, you get a decent shot, but you can't go off. We're talking Deflecto Sensei here, but you don't have economy. You buy the Deflecto and the Sensei and just a random card. And then on nine gold, you just level and buy. And that gives you so much freedom because then on a 10 gold turn, you have extra money. Not only do you have extra money from having 10 gold instead of nine gold, you've now purchased and you're holding a unit, usually speaking, if you're tiering on, uh, on nine gold. So tons and tons of things to look at him. One thing in particular I will say is I think he's worse to play tier six with just because you are delayed in that I will almost always open the final gate or whatever it's called, the last step on tier four or tier five. Right. Depends a little bit on my board, depends a little bit on what's in the shop. So that means that when you go to tier six, you're almost guaranteed to be turned 10 or later. Whereas most heroes I like to be on tier six with, I like to be on tier six, turn nine, sometimes turn eight if I have a crazy good start, but usually turn nine is my go-to if I'm going to six to figure it out. So what does that mean? That means, oh, I want to just find some Kellys. I want to find some genies and play some rags because I feel like if you're going to six, turn 10, find some genies, find some Kellys, one turn too late. It's a bit harder to make that pivot. What you can do is if you're obscenely strong and you don't like the shop, you can just go to six and complement. You can just buy an Eliza, you can buy a Malgadon. But I don't think that you should look to tier six for your strategy. I think you should have something going already. So things that work really well on Kurt is Mama Bear, right? We're talking those rap packs. They have the R above, High Main as the R above, Wolf as the R above. So if you get Mama Bear and you get to do some nasty, you know, sometimes you have Let's say on tier four, you got lucky and you were able to buy like a high main or two. If you then triple that, all those stats get consolidated in one. And it's very, very large minion because you have the buff from the uh, second hero power. So they already are plus two plus two. Then the buff from the third hero power, that's another plus two plus two. That's four, four. And then mama bear on top is another five, five. So it's, it's like, yeah, the, the, they get huge really fast. Um, Another one is I've had a Kurt win where I just play Juggler. I just have huge minions and Juggler. So you get these huge imp matrons. Uh, you have this golden Juggler, which is also just large because it gets all the buffs. So I'd say Kurt can win or do well with comps that are usually weaker because you just slap a bunch of stats on there. So that would be regular Death Rattle Beast with Mama Bear, Mechs with uh, Menace, right? You might even play something like Junk Bot. Probably not, but you pre <laughs> you'd prefer Eggs and Deflecto, right? But sometimes you, you just can't choose. You're like, I guess I'll end on a Junk Bot because I need to buy a fourth minion here and it's kind of better than everything else. So that happens with Kurt. So he's like a flexible um, tempo hero where it's more flexible than Daryl. You're not just putting all your eggs in one basket and I guess they're all gets like three or four big minions throughout the game. Uh, Kurt is feels a bit Daryl-esque where you're buying and selling minions to buff, but it's more like, oh, I can still just go into a general strategy. Whereas with Daryl, you usually just have four big dudes and they don't necessarily have a lot of synergy with each other. It's just like, hey, some big shields if you're lucky. And yeah, if you have a great Daryl game, of course, you get like two deflectors and a reset, but that's rare. Um, 
So I'd say that's that's the advantage Kurt has is you're a bit more free to make your comp, but not as free as someone that's like a hook desk or a Jandis or you know someone that just makes a lot of money and levels and figures it out. You are more constrained because you do have to put that money into the hero power. So yeah, TLDR is great, great hero for like seconds. This this guy gets this is second place machine, right? Second place machine right here, but it's a bit harder to make a super refined comp because you are a turn behind because you did have to buy a bunch of minions to pop it. Yes, I do realize I was talking for a long time. TLDR, so. <laughs> good, good hero. TLDR, good. I, I I think you pretty much covered it actually. You just uh... <laughs> sorry. No, 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 which is fine. Actually, the less I have to talk, the probably better. You know, I, I talk enough anyway, so. Uh, I I think so. I definitely think it's a good hero. Uh, very playable. Has a lot of power, right? Compared to Daryl, right? Daryl makes a ton of big minions. With this hero, all your minions are big, but you don't have like that consolidated. Oh, here's your linchpin of the comp, right? My big Daryl with the reset. You know, here it's like I have multiple deflectors and an egg that's buffed. You know, and menace power. You know, that's that's really the power of of. Um, Ash Fallen here, but uh, definitely a strong hero, especially if you can pop the ability on on six gold. I think that's that's probably what a lot of people are missing personally. Um, where if you just play it normally, you're it's you're gonna pop it super late, and it does it's not gonna feel strong because you always feel behind. Where if you can get that first trigger early, then uh, once you start popping it, it feels like it feels like you have a lot of tempo. So I, I think that advice in itself might be like the difference maker for people who are struggling with this hero and and uh people who are consistently having success so good uh good good hero you know that's that's all we're trying to say and just a lot a lot of words solid. for that solid yeah. solid but yeah i, I do I, I just get a lot of people in my chat asking like i have no idea how to play this guy or i played this guy and i just get top eight what i'm doing wrong because it's one of those things where you look at the stats and like, it's supposed to be good. Why is it bad? Or, and yeah, it can be a simple thing that you're missing, like activating the hero power too or, late or, or, not, prior or not, not playing it with mechs and beasts. And, you know, like that might be another yeah, thing. Yeah, there, there are different scenarios, of course. <laughs> yeah. now, I, I will play this guy in reasonable conditions. I don't, for instance, like mechs can be out and I'll still play him depending on what's in or what's out because I still like the hero. But of course, if you're missing mechs and then you're missing two economy pieces, then you can already look at it like, ooh, that's a lot of a, you know, that's a lot of a constraint. Whereas if mechs are out, but all the economy is in, that's a party, right? Like you can have, you could pop the hero, you could pop the second hero power on eight gold quite consistently if all economy pieces are in. And then, then you might be able to play them a bit more like a hook to square. You're just like, oh, let me just go to six and build some elementals or whatever. So yeah. But yeah, it's true. Of course, mechs are great for this guy. It's yeah. always nice to be able to buff deflect on stuff. All right, moving on. We've got Swabby, I believe. Yes. One thing that I noticed while I was doing the, the thing. Look at the art for this guy. This dude is buff. <laughs> I've never noticed that. I actually don't pay attention to the art. But I was like, damn, dude, this guy's a swab. This, uh, what who's the, what do they call them the swabbers or something like that? Yeah, and I was like, yeah, it's good good for him. You know, he's he's really he's really taking it to heart. You know, Just making sure <laughs> that the board's clean. Anyways, ignoring that, uh, I think it's a pretty important pirate piece, right? Sometimes when you 
Um, you see pirates are out. This is the card you're thinking of. Uh, oh, this is going to hurt me, especially when I'm staying on one. Oh, now I can't, like, get a free level to, to, to three or something if I pick a copy of this. And, like, getting a triple on this super early is also really, really nice where it, it helps your curve so much. Uh, especially like some of the hyper leveling heroes, right? With a golden swab, you're just like, oh, this is a free five, uh, tower and five. Like, I'm not gonna have to worry about it since I saved so much gold just having this piece. So, it's definitely one of the key pirates. Like, I didn't think it would be when it got released, right? I was like, okay, swabby, yeah, whatever, who cares? But, um, you know, the more you play with it, the more you're like, okay, this is like actually like very important for early game and, and, uh, Figuring out how to get to high tavern tiers pretty early, so you know, it's up there with Eliza. It's not Eliza level, of course, but you know, it's it, it has some uh, some some value. So I, I definitely think it's innocent looking. I mean, not the art, but <laughs> you know, the the card when it got revealed. It's yeah. actually quite important uh, for a lot of playstyles and a lot of heroes that they need this card to well they don't need it but this card helps a lot in and doing what they want to do effectively i think uh we've come to just learn that any card that can accelerate your curve give you more money just allows for stupid things to happen where you you get the level on a turn where you normally wouldn't get the level you get access to units a turn earlier than you're supposed to and it just creates for these you know strong environments so there's, there's a there's a lot of the time where there's a tier one triple in the shop and people say, oh, that's bait, don't buy that. This guy's not one of them. This is literally never bait. Like tripling swappy just feels great because you can triple it and that means that um, you can level and buy on six gold because if, you, if you've played two swabbies, your tier goes down to three gold and then you level, you buy the third swabby, you play it, boom. Uh, you get to get a four drop and you've now also reduced your uh, cost to tiering to four by another two. So if you got a good four drop, you might just power to four straight away after on seven gold. So it's a very, uh, very nice minion. Something like when you're playing hook disc, you're definitely going to check, oh, are pirates in, right? If pirates aren't in, I can't hit swabby. Usually with hook disc, it's elementals, murlocs, beasts, beasts and pirates. Swabby, yeah. So, and there's also, uh, I guess, some more tier one stuff like Bran can do some cool stuff as well, where if you get Golden Swabby while you pull a Bran as well, that's minus four off your tavern. If you play that Golden Swabby at the right time, that also allows for some, uh, some nice power leveling. Triple level. You go from one to four in one turn. Straight up, yeah. I've not yeah, seen I that. Mean, I don't know if that's possible. But. Well, okay. It's very the math is not so hard, right? So you'd level for zero. zero yeah. Already pushed it to zero, then seven gold. You'd hit it again for seven, and then it would be eight, I believe, the next level. So then Baran with that thing put it at four. So you'd still have to sell four tokens to level. So again. you'd need like uh, two two uh, tokens in your hand or something. That's it, right? Yeah. And then but you then triple the, that. The weird thing is that you wouldn't want to play them. Right. The golden tokens yet. Yeah, so yeah, right. what you'd probably do is just greet it out, uh, level, just... level, hold the golden swabby, then next turn, level again, then drop the swabby, and then just pull a bunch of fives. Uh, yeah. 
It's, sounds uh, sounds, sounds easy to do, yeah. you know. It sounds very common, you know. I see all everything this. in your hand and take the damage. Right? <laughs> I've been doing that recently, and it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna say it works. Like no, yeah, it hurts. No, it hurts. <laughs> yeah, it, it it's it's very painful. It's like I'm my seven gold. I take like fourteen. I'm like fourteen. Eh. What kind of boards are you fighting? The, you got seven, seven two drops lined up, or I have no, I have no board. <laughs> no board. I have basically yeah. no board. It's, it's, it's millhouse every time. I, I always take that damage. It feels bad. But um, what were we talked about? Uh Swabby. Yes, good card. Yes, very good card. Uh, it's it's good in a sense if you are a leveler. Uh, it it helps your curve a lot. It's not good in a sense like. I'm gonna play this to win the battle. No, I, that's not what the card is for. So it, it's good if you are aware what the purpose of your hero is or the purpose of your strategy is, right? It's not a hero, it's not meaning you take every time for every, for any reason, or you take in the late game or you take even in the mid game when you already are like tavern four or so. Like it's it's a card that really shines early and sometimes you'll have a pair of and and can really help get to the late games, uh, the late game taverns and the late game stages. So it serves a purpose and it does that purpose well, yeah. but it's not a it's not a f battle piece, you know, battle minion. It, it smooths out your curve a lot of the time where you have, let's say, the tier costs uh, six out of eight. You're like, oh, I have two gold spare. So then they're like, oh, I'll buy Swappy from the shop. Then it'll turn into five out of eight, and I'll just be yeah. able to level five. Um, Omu is another hero that loves starting with Swabby because you can just buy the Swabby and next turn level buy. Um, a lot of the standard curves mean that you buy the Swabby, but hold it on turn one and then level play it so that you can level again for five gold to turn after, or you buy two good minions, sell the Swabby. And then you get the level to three for three gold instead of four. And you have to, you get to roll and buy a three drop. So those are, I guess, the most common applications of a Swabby. Yeah. I don't either level. Yeah, go ahead. I don't see a lot of people holding the Swabby turn one that much anymore. I think when people get it turn one, a lot of times they just play it and stay on one. They're like, oh, I'll just go for it. Yeah, it's a very popular thing to do yeah. now, stay on one. Yes. Although I will say that I've kind of maybe not really come full circle, but I'm definitely now in a position where I'm like, hmm, this tier one curve is a thing to be used in specific situations. Because uh, you are using point, it every battle, every yeah, <laughs> every game. Like, tier one, every game. And then I've just had one too many games where either you pull two fives and it's like, hey, this needs Morganis. Yeah, let's go. Right. And you're like, oh, that didn't give me direction at all. This is kind of weird. And now I've taken damage and I'm not in this amazing position. I'm also not power leveled. I'm, I'm on par with the curve. Um, or you just don't hit enough triples you get maybe one triple that's that's what i it. that's my experience so far i just so, i get maybe one triple and i take damage that one i, I think it, i think it is something to be used for specific heroes like shutterwalk will pretty much always do this when both tokens are in brand will pretty much almost always do this when both tokens are in but these heroes get a disproportionate return so i think that for you to tier one curve with a regular hero that doesn't get this huge bonus from being on one I think you need a very good reason for that. Um, that can be 
two micro memories in a cell. I knew it. I I knew it. Yeah, of course. I'm predictable. I like two micro memories. But I mean, micro memories keep you healthy, right? It was just like, he's going to say two micro. I was going to say it for you. (laughs) (laughs) I'd say it's a tool I use with caution now. So I don't, you know. I'll, I'll either only do it if my heroes are suited for it or if my shop is just amazing. Makes sense. Makes sense. But overall, I think this is a good card for the, uh, like, in the game. Like, you will take it sometimes, especially if you know when to use it, especially in the early game. And uh, it's, it's one of those non-bait one-drops, you know, a little bit rare. Uh, but has a good... Per- place and there are some heroes that really absolutely love this card you know like some just generated non-stop like hook tusk or maybe janice if you don't hit a token you're like well maybe swabby i'll bounce it actually you don't bounce on swabbies even if you, <laughs> even if you could uh but yeah i it, it's still a good card and definitely has um a lot of direction but you do have to think about it. it's kind of weird because What's my advice for this card? Pick it. Like, that doesn't, that's not helpful. Uh, know what you're doing already, and then you can pick it. Like, that's also not helpful, right? But if you have a hero that can utilize hyper leveling, can stay on one, does like triples and tokens, this is one of the level one tr- tokens that you're looking for, I guess, is what I would Just say. Count the heads, basically, as well. Right. Think, okay, where does this put my level? Should I? This happens also sometimes. Sometimes the right play is to buy the swabby, but to the hold it. play it, yeah. That's level true. play it. This, you'll, yeah. And in, in, in a rush, you'll just buy it and play it. And you're like, ah, now I'm just floating a gold next turn. And, like, oh. and that TT wasn't going to do that much for your combat. This minion's actually complicated. I, I, <laughs> it's not like an alley cab you just put on the board and just sell it whenever you, you have to think ahead a little bit when you're going to use this reduction. Yeah. But very good when you get the hang of it. Yeah, I I don't know what my advice is. It's a pick it if you want, I guess. I don't know. Uh let's move on. I'm I'm done with the hero. He's very buffed <laughs> Uh we will now be talking about the terror of Shutterwalk. Dun 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 I don't know. I don't have music <laughs> or anything. I found this picture and I thought it was cool. I have no idea if there's any lore related to this, but you know, whatever. <laughs> I thought it was cool. I don't know. I don't know. I oh okay. If if, if she doesn't know, then it doesn't exist. That's how I look at this. I don't know. I don't know a lot of the Hearthstone specific lore, right? There's a lot of crossover with WoW, but I think Shutterwalk might be a Hearthstone specific thing. But yeah, regardless, Shutterwalk is a hero that was released last week and we talked about it last week but we hadn't played with the hero so we really didn't know what was gonna happen with it now we've played a little bit more and we've seen other people play with it and shady's played with it and uh i would like to say it is a good hero um <laughs> i'd like to say this hero wins a lot <laughs> I'd like to say you can high roll uh, quite quite a bit with uh, with Shutterwalk. So definitely, maybe could be adjusted in some fashion, right? I, I I think once people figured out how to use it properly, there's just a lot you can do with it. Like you can get so much value with it, and the fact that you can get it twice, like the 
the battle cry triggers twice and it synergizes in kind of itself and like you're you can get so many battle cries like and you can get it early if, if you're lucky as well right if you stay on one two um you can get triples there's just a lot that can be done with this hero that kind of feels like it's a problem like if you high roll with this hero you it's hard to beat this you it's hard to counteract people. yeah 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 there, there is no let me just say it if you high <laughs> roll on Shutterwalk, there is no counterplay uh that's one way of saying it it is the sad reality but the next few opponents are going to lose and probably die if you truly high roll this hero there is almost no upper limit to how much you can do the um the standard normal you know high roll we'll call it um the only thing you need is to find two alley cats or two tight enters that is the only prerequisite what happens is after you found two alley cats or two tight enters you if you find them by five gold that means that you can tier on five gold and go to two six gold go to three seven gold go to four eight gold go to five and then on eight gold you're not dead yet you haven't taken that much damage you use <clears throat> both your shutterlings and you get two six drops on eight gold <laughs> that's like omu getting a triple salamental and then powering omu gets one six drop doing that and that's omu finding three salamentals you get to do this with two alley cats or two tight hunters so it is relatively consistent i'm not saying that happens the majority of games but that is not an inconceivable thing to happen and if you don't find them by five golds you just delay it a little bit so what mean what that means is then you just play the normal tier one curve where you roll one more turn you get the buy on six gold you open the shop on seven gold and usually by the time you're on seven gold if you haven't found some tokens by then it's looking grim. I'm not gonna lie. This hero, <laughs> this hero is Easter famine. Yeah. Uh, well, the way you're playing it, the, no, it, I wouldn't say it's Easter famine. The specific strategy that you're looking for is Easter famine. You can play it normally and then like try to salvage it. It's not. Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't recommend it. Yeah, I don't recommend it. I'm saying like. Right, then, then why are we talking about it? But, but you're you're, <laughs> you're saying this it. is the only way. You're it's you're almost a serious. This think, okay. This I is the best way are, to do it, and the way you're playing you are, it is Feast or yes. Famine, but it's not a necessarily this hero is only Feast or Famine. You can only win or die. You, well, I feel, like, I feel like if the average highest MMR playstyle is Feast or Famine, he's Feast or Famine. Uh, that's my that's The my way it's being played right now is Feast or Famine. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's I mean, my if caveat. you want to play normal curved shutter while go for it, then it's just the Famine, right? <laughs> it's not, not necessarily just the Famine. <laughs> You can still find yeah, some I mean, some nutty you stuff. You can roll. I guess you could open with some spawns and some yeah, Sarlith. Yeah, try to be strong, and then later on you play some judge. So today, like I, I linked Collins to a Reddit thread where I had an insane Shutterwalk game. Where, let alone two Murloc Tidehunters, I found five. <laughs> now. The fifth one is essentially not very useful, at least in my initial observation, because you are constrained by the number of tokens that can hit the board at the same time. 
So the triples don't uh, combine where you get ever more than two tokens, uh, two golden tokens, because you have one slot for the Shudderling and then three regular tokens, three regular tokens again. So I think the most you can get per Shudderling is two golden tokens. So once you've played four Tidehunters, um, I think that's that's it, right? You're gonna one, two, three, one, three. Either way, like that's that's essentially uh, what happened for me. I got four six drops. So on eight gold, I was able to purchase those Tidehunters from the shop, the two additional ones I had frozen, play them, sell the main bodies, then rip the Shutterling, let all the tokens happen, rip the second Shutterling, let all the tokens happen. And then because um, the second Titan, the, the fifth, sorry, the fifth Tidehunter only just produced two additional one ones, didn't combine into a third one. So I just ended up selling those tokens to be able to tier. And then I pulled two Caligos and two Amalgadon on eight gold, right? Let's let's see what you normally do on eight gold. You I level to four. You level and to I do four. Nothing. And, and if you high roll, you get to roll and exchange your money pirate for a bonker. Ooh, right. That's like that's like a high roll turn. Like, yeah, I got a bonker turn for baby, right? Or you know, let's say you're an Edwin. You're like, oh, I bought two minions and I pumped my deflecto for four damage, baby. Right. So, Shutterwalk <laughs> turn eight is like, dude, oh, dude. let me put some six drops on the board. So I I was on the receiving end of this where. On eight gold, I fight the Shutterwalk, and he's got two coilers, and I think an Eliza. I can't remember the other thing. And I'm just like, wow, my game is over. And there is no counterplay. You cannot begin to counter two coilers and an Eliza on eight gold. Well, this, it's just, it's just not a thing. The counterplay is make sure his death rattles rolled nothing. Like, no boat. I mean, the seven sevens farm you right at that point. There's seven sevens. <laughs> You're running like two threes. I have a bonker. I have a three three yeah, nine get or something. Yeah, farmed by a seven seven. Right? <laughs> yeah. Oh man, yeah. Anyways, um, fine. Just I, I guess what good, their plan. Is. Yeah. Good so first design. of all, Aren't before they nerf it, go have some fun with it. Right? If you haven't done this yet, it's stupid. So stay on one. Play it when Beast and Murlocs are in buy every token you see <laughs> and especially on turns where you have more than three gold let's say you have five gold and you don't love the shop i just roll i don't just like buy two and and sometimes on six gold if i'm not happy with what i have i'll just start rolling for the token because it is that important because you could also combine two different tokens let's say you found two tight hunters and one cat that means the two tight hunters will combine in two fives or sixes depending on how greedy you want to be but that one alley cat will still combine into another triple because the shutterling will make one extra token and then this, the second shutterling will make the third token and this is all also assuming that you're keeping the original tokens on the board so for anyone who's like i don't understand where's all the six drops coming from you sell everything that's not the original tokens and then you play the shutterlings and then it'll combine into triples yeah so I do think that this will be addressed. And my assumption is that it'll be addressed in the form of Tide and Turn Alley Cat going 
when the big minion reform is uh, is happening. You think they're going to remove tokens? You think so? I think those two. I think they would be missing a huge opportunity if they don't, because which heroes are unfun and problematic to face on their spike turns? All Janus. the token heroes. Hope Dusk, right? Like all these things, it, like Shutterwalk right now is by far the least fun guy to hit on a spike turn if he's truly spiking, because you're probably taking 25 damage or more. And sometimes that kills you on that turn. That's turn eight. Uh, that's eight gold turn, turn six. Um, but yeah, Jandis, same thing, right? If Jandis hits a mama bear from her triple and she has Alley Cat to swap. She's, I think, like 90% favorite to win the game, if not more, because it's your, you know, I've had this before where I was able to get double Mama Bear. And at that point, your byproduct of your triples is like a 40-40 cat token. That's not okay, right? Your byproduct, your thing you're using to get six drops is 40-40. That's not okay. I mean, no, right? That should never be... And if you have a Cadgar, it's even worse because with Cadgar, the token will come out as a 1-1, which then gets plus 10, plus 10 from the two Mama Bears, which is an 11-11. But then Cadgar will spawn an additional 11-11, which will then again interact with the Mama Bears. So it'll get another 10-10, which will be a 21-21. So then when they combine, <laughs> like all those things, it's absolutely silly. So that is... That is just something. All those things get fixed with removing Titan or Alley Cat. Now, I'm not saying that that's the only way that they can do it, but I think, given the Blizzard way of balancing things, I'm assuming <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming that that will be the solution instead of um, you know because you could you could put in a more elegant rule where you say, oh, token triples don't discover things, or tokens can be golden, or you know, boop, done, right. Everyone else that still enjoys playing with tokens, right? You just play the same thing, right? You play your alley cats, and if you get three alley cat tokens, you just sit there. That's not game breaking. It just means that you no longer actively go out of your way. They would not do that. They would not do that because that's... Wouldn't, no, it was, yeah. it's confusing. It changes yeah. the game, yeah. right? But I'm saying that would be a far more elegant solution instead of just, all right, shoot him, like out, tight hunter, out. Alley cat out. Remove they could, they could also game. shoot the heroes. They like doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Shutterwalk, you're will, going back yeah. out. Bye bye. You're too them. good now. Let's shoot him in the I, head. I will say that they um, they have been doing that, but it feels really more like a band aid thing too. Because whenever real bullshit happens, you know tokens are involved, right? Like we're talking <laughs> real bullshit boards. Tokens are involved. That's just how it is. They or, get more money. It's easy uh, to triple. You can do Cadgar things. Um, or brand so, Marazons. Yeah, like some some really silly things. Um, yeah, brand Marazon, but then how did they get the brand? You know, <laughs> so I tripled into they a brand did. with the tokens, right? <laughs> uh, but yeah. Sure. I, I would really put my money there where if they have the big minion reform, that that's an opportunity for them to say, okay, so we have these really unfun situations where there is no agency on the receiving end. You die. That's pretty much it. A Jandis that really hit it off with tokens, tough luck. You're going to be dead. A Shutterwalk that really hits it off. Even a Hook Dusk, right? Hook Dusk is, I think, the lesser one, but still will 
high roll enough where let's say you're tripling the alley cap token and then straight after that you triple the main body that's again double dipping in a way that probably shouldn't be possible where you get you know like a four and a five or a five and a six very very fast so i guess yeah long-winded explanation to say that tokens allow for a lot of things that probably shouldn't be possible and i would miss them because i do a lot of those things <laughs> i do you know i am guilty as charged right uh... i love I love making a golden brand and then fishing for tokens. I do that all the time, right? Like I'm, I get Reno, I get a golden brand. I'm just hard rolling for tokens for fives and sixes. I love playing Janus. I love playing Hook Tusk. So I do think that it adds a lot of flavor to the game, but I do think that it comes at too high a cost for the player on the receiving end. But it is a very fun experience to play around with those tokens and to make it work. I will admit that. It's fun when you win and it's sad when you lose. So when you feel like you don't have a choice to lose, I mean, to win, and you get, like, one shot in the early stages of the game, it feels really, really bad, right? And that's how you get a... That's how you get a Reddit post, uh, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's, that's definitely an interesting thing, right? Changing, removing or changing the tokens would definitely change the whole game, right? Like, I think that would fundamentally... It would be a different game if you remove tokens, so... That's kind sure. of uh, interesting. Like, do you think that the minion re rework will actually create a different game, or will it like be more of the same? Will it feel more like uh, the Quillbore expansion, or will it feel more like a different game mode, or so, or, or so? Like that that that's I, yet I, to I be think seen. It'll I guess. Feel like a different game. Yeah, I think it'll feel like a different game because um, I don't think tokens are the only thing they. You know, and I'm obviously making some big guesses here, but I right. guess that's your job, right? Our job is that's, to that's, say, hey, that's you know, not my job. <laughs> all right, my job is to predict. And then when people, you know, when we're playing Alley Cat two years from now, remember when Shady thought this bullshit would be out, right? You remember when the uh, Malgadons were a 3 4 and that was basically <laughs> the whole game and everyone went true. for that? Yeah, you remember when uh, Play Watchers to do that on, on three, you know, and uh, everyone just spam. Playing watches. You remember when the prizes were in? Oh wow, they removed it. That's a whole different yeah. game, actually. Oh wait, they have back. <laughs> That's true. They have they have changed the game a couple of times, but removing the tokens would be maybe the biggest change if they did do. Yeah, I think we've we've seen um, at least you know the Cadgar transitions are a lot harder to do and a lot less rewarding. Mm, yeah. But you can still do it. I, I still do it from time to time on Hook Tusk, right? Mm. Because you can fish for tokens. If you get, if you see double Cadgar in your shop and both tokens are in, usually you don't have to hesitate, right? Or you I, have a brand from a triple. Um, I, I, I think, yeah. I've still lost to someone with 11 triples, you know? I, and I saw they had uh, two Cadgars earlier. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. 11 triples. Bad news. Yeah, sounds yeah, good, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So yeah, it, it still happens. It's just it's not as common for sure, right? And, and the payoff is not insane, right? Like you're you're not seeing people with like twenty plus triples anymore, and mm -hmm. that that used to happen. Like it wasn't even like that rare. Yeah, so. especially when we were in the. Uh, it feels like near the ending of the prize meta, it was such a meta pick to take Cadgar and then just prep for a transition with Brands Busting. Because all you need is one Cadgar and Brand's Blessing to make one triple per token. If you find two Cadgars, that was two triples per token due to how Cadgar 
uh, or due to how tokens interacted. What they would, yeah. What ahead. do you do is you brand's blessing, look out, and then you get to, yeah. That's oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those turns where you're just sweating because you feel like a lot of things coming in. Let's go. That That's another unit I think uh, will be gone, Cadgar, because that stops the pirate interaction with Skellywag for a large degree. So I think that's another thing they'll address. Would it? And then, yeah, go ahead. Wouldn't it be hilarious? They introduce this minion rework, they change like half the minions. And people are just still going like pirate scam. Like that's so, you know, they're still going like, oh, Kelly Ghost well, is still in our Let's just go Kelly. Like they don't even care about the halves of it. That, would, like, that would be funny. But I, I think given Blizzard's recent track record, they really want you to play their new stuff. They, right? That's they'll true. Be like, they'll be like, here is Arm of the Empire. She's a four or five and gives now a permanent taunt buff, right? That's like, huh. Yeah, you guys really want us to play this taunt thing. Uh, here's guff he gets plus two plus one right every turn it's like oh you guys really want us to play guff here's galewig it's just like you guys really want us to play galewig so i I think that the standard right now is overshoot not undershoot and uh, nerf it later so i think right especially given that when they released quillbors quillbors was pretty much an entire tribe of oh my god right that was a week of two a week or two of Pretty much hard for his boars. It was yeah. so strong. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I do have high expectations in terms of the power level. Where uh, I think the minions will be, uh, will definitely okay. want to be playing yeah. with new minions. Yeah. Uh, I, one I, of the minions that I, yeah, I've been trying to like get to this point for a moment. So. <laughs> 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 I just say. Uh, the one, the one I fear for is Hogger. I feel like they'll take this opportunity to kill Hogger. Because um, I think they just don't want people disconnecting, right? In a way where, and, and and the Blizzard way of addressing that is, oh, let's just kill all the minions that make you want to disconnect, right? So no more Cadgar token shit, no more Hogger. Um, Damn, so dude. Even, even though Hogger is really iconic for pirates, I do think we're going to lose them as well. I think we're going to lose every single hero. They're just going to change all of them. And we'll have a... A completely different game if you change all every, every single minion. You know, I think that yeah. game would be different. <laughs> if you, I I just think it'd be so funny if uh, they change half the heroes, and then you don't want to play with the the minions that got changed. You end up just doing like the same stuff, the same like Caligos or whatever. Like it's still in, so you're like, oh, Caligos still in. Then well, why am I why am I running anything else? You still do it, and then they're like, you know what? Let's nerf Caligos. Let's nerf. <laughs> Liza's still in. Let's just nerf those. You're playing with the new heroes, dude. <laughs> it's just like, huh? Okay. Eliza is plus one plus one again. Like it's like so play a, with your toys, whether you like it or not. Yeah. I just think that would be funny. A little bit sad, right? I would be like disappointed. Like, oh, like. Yeah, I, mean, I don't like. That. Yeah. Like I said. Yeah, I don't think that'll happen. But that is. Uh, it'll be cool for sure. So much to figure out. Definitely looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm really interested to see how much changes and whether it's like above what i expected or under what i expected that's that's really what i want to i want to see like oh this is like way more changes than i was expecting and in big ways or it's like oh i could still i could still run pirates game okay i don't care (laughs) you know that kind of thing i guess it does mean uh or sorry it does depend on what they mean with um reworking because 
is changing a one into a two reworking or are we getting a whole new minion micro mummy is now a two two Ooh! wow no no it'd be like <laughs> it'd be bad it'd be, they'd be making it worse they can with micro mummy you mean like micro machine maybe micro yeah. Machine, yeah. yeah yeah sure 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 the um because it does feel like we are hyping it up a lot and everyone i feel like everyone's in the community is hyping it up a lot because they i think they have said at least 25 if not more they said 30 35 yeah. the last i heard so, if I, I at least I have the initial expectation that oh that's like thirty just new minions, but ah. I think the the implication rework here probably need to temper those expectations a little bit. Where I think a lot of it might be mm, let's just make, mix with. I hope that it's thirty new minions. Yeah, I would love to crazy, see that. Right? Yeah, that is that is an entire new game if you have thirty new minions. Um, not just adding new minions, but just removing, saying like, removing. Yeah, something. just saying like, oh, module is no longer in the game. Like, oh wow, this changes. Is Wait, no, no, don't do that. Wait, you have to embrace it, Collins. Yeah. You have to embrace it. This means you do different stuff now, right? So yeah, we'll see. Module I, I do for think pirates. The... Let's go. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. At least I, I think one card should be fairly safe, like Bran. I think Bran is you so. I think Bran will so. still stay. I think he's so fun to play with. He's so iconic. And imagine right? you can only get Brand through the Brand Hero. Imagine. Uh, <laughs> no. Like it's just the one hero you just you you only you get Brand. It 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 reminds me of Curator actually, right? Uh, before they added the new Curator, uh, only Curator had access to Amalgadon before they added the Tier Six Amalgadon. So it's right, like, yeah. yeah, so maybe you know it's possible. To <laughs> Yeah, please. <laughs> I thought the tokens were were what you were afraid of. It's actually brand. Funny enough, but uh, we have uh, went off track. I think. Yeah, well, that's good, right? Yeah, we yeah, got yeah. the expansion or the the big buff right around the corner. It's good to get people on, you know, interested in. This. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely excited for the um, the big buff. I'm almost waiting for it. It feels like you know, I'm like. Oh. Where is it? When can I actually start like going crazy? You know, trying to figure it out. But uh, Shutterwalk thing needs to change. You can nerf tokens, I guess. That's the shady strategy. You could do nothing, right? Just nerf tokens and the the change, and then you don't have to touch them. I actually don't know if, if that would be enough, but maybe it, maybe people would play it differently, and then still might be a problem. But right now, the ac the easy access to tier six consistently. Um, is is currently the the big issue but um even with that addressed it's still a good hero like it, it still can do some some weird stuff especially later on like I, I i've seen some crazy boards right especially when you have um like random battle cries interacting together you can really do some weird things right we've seen we've seen like poison Poison ghouls, poison hydras, right? But it's not yeah. common. I don't think that's like an issue, but like the application of doing weird things is pretty cool. So uh, it is it is a hero that is open-ended in a sense in that the play styles might be, might change based on like if the easy acts, the easy consistent one is removed, you might, you might see someone or a different one, a different place I'll open up that's like 
very viable, very strong. So I like heroes like that, which is in like one open, like one dimensional. You either do this or you die, right? This is a hero where even if tokens are gone, I still think. I mean, depending on what what is added in, there might still be other things to do. Like I can I can realistically see this still being played even if tokens were removed. You know, it. it it just depends on how good battle cries are, essentially, right? If you add a a different battle cry that's really good, you want to copy it, you can still just run Shutter Walk uh, in in a viable way. So, but right now, problem that's that's probably the m more important issue. Right now, very strong. I think it has the highest win rate. Yeah. Um, so, when no, it like Shutter is more just like insane high roll, but. I feel like for consistency, it's not like the it's most still, consistent here. No, it's yeah. Not. Like you, you can, you can just not roll tokens. That's the thing, right? You could just not roll tokens, and then if you're forcing the strategy, that's that's death, pretty much. The people with eighth, they they picked it with no tokens, and that's what happened. <laughs> or they rolled and just didn't hit tokens. They I had a game where I nearly didn't hit tokens, and I did like two cats on the last round. I was like, whoo, okay, I get to do something. So, it it can be it. It's not, it's not like the strongest. Like, oh, there's no, there's no weakness here. But when it does hit, it hits hard, right? And that's, yeah. And the Completely issue with that, yeah, yeah. The issue is that it doesn't feel good for the receiving player. It doesn't feel like your choices mattered, right? And and in games like this, you you definitely want to feel like you're making impactful decisions. And when you, when you come to a conclusion, I could have conceded turn one, and I would have got the same result. Like that is not uh, what you want to be creating for your player base, right? You're just going to create frustration. So definitely um, a hero that needs to be addressed in some way, either the hero itself or the pieces that are making the play style of the hero possible. So uh, yeah, that's uh, that's uh, that's this topic. It's a little that's a little darker. <laughs> I think last topic we have here is menagerie in the meta, dude. I gotta say, I was so lazy. I did not want to make this title. <laughs> this is this is what I came up with. <laughs> I was like, it's so stupid. I'm okay with it. But yes, uh, what's your thoughts on Menagerie here? So I, I wanted to talk about this specifically because it's, I think, an insight that helped me a lot. Where I had a bit of a dip where I dropped from 13k back to 12k and I was like, okay, what's going on? Obviously, there were some bad games as well. But when I went over my uh, footage, when I looked at how I was losing, I noticed there were a fair few games where I got a light fang and it just caused me to play differently. So I will put out a disclaimer that this is specifically uh, for my experience. So that's EU server on fairly high MMR. I don't know if metas are going to be different where you want to be playing different, but I can only truly, really speak to my experience. I was losing games because the Light Fang was making me play weird. So right now, I like to just get as much tempo out of my shops and triples as possible to then push to tier 5 slash tier 6 and really get my um, comp rolling. So that means either leveling to five and finding more Mithrax, more Mama Bear, or leveling to six, getting Genies and getting Caligos and all that. And what I was doing was getting Light Fang. And then suddenly I found four. myself 
Yeah, uh, for an extra turn because I you see. want to find targets. I and see. I was selling like I was selling like a six six elemental for the divine shield elemental. And I was like, that's a six six. I'm just throwing away. I could use that. That's okay right now, right? So uh, it's very weird. Uh, very weird to explain it, but essentially, the light fang or um, Pretty much just the idea of, oh, I'm going to be playing Menagerie, so I need to have this type and this type and this type. It was causing me to have a lot less stats on my board, which then causes me to lose games or rounds, which then causes me to want to not level, which is exactly the opposite of what I want to be doing. What yeah. I want to be doing yeah, is to get as strong as possible so I can level. This actually makes a lot of sense to me because I, you know, I play a Menagerie a lot, like just, just due to the leveling like if you go to five every time right you'll see light fangs you know you'll play menager right and, and especially if you trip into a light fang you'll you also you also go menager right but sometimes you have a light fang you'll have like three pieces and then you're like what to, what to do right do i roll for the pieces do i roll for um divine shield cleave da 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 etc etc or do I level and stuff? So, so especially now in this meta, I think you could maybe get away with it before, but now in this meta, everyone has a game plan of get to six, get some six drops, go play big stuff. So if you're not um, doing that, you're going to get outscaled, right? So you have a life egg, you have some pieces, you're on four, but you could spend, you could roll on four to try to get the pieces, or you could just go to five. And if you are, if you realize you're strong enough to go to a five, you could probably just go to five because Light Fang is good, but a single Light Fang will not win you the game. Like it will never, in this meta, it will never win you the game. Uh, double Light Fang has a chance. I, I like Golden Light Fang is it's yeah. actually possible. Like so, Golden Light like double Light Fang, Golden Light Fang. Then I might actually like stay on four and roll and get the stuff. And that's, it, that's situation where you're selling for the Hydra, you're selling yeah, for the yeah. work. Yeah, the, yeah that's, I, I agree with that. That actually works. But single Light Fang, it's actually just a tempo unit. It's not direction in itself, right? If you go to five, next turn you hit like faceless, faceless Light Fang, you're, then, then you're direction again, right? Then it's a direction. But that single Light Fang actually won't be strong enough because people will just like end up getting either Pirate Scam you're not going to beat, either Elementals you're not going to beat, Dragons you're not going to beat. No, none of these comps you're really going to be able to counteract with just a single light fang so if you just have a light fang and you're staying on four and you're trying to make the game work from through that you're actually baiting yourself into losing so usually i hit a light fang and i think about it i just level to five because i'm like okay i know light fang is okay but i'm not gonna win if i just have this single one so i, I try to either switch out switch my direction right there's a lot of games where i'll have a light fang i'll go to five and i'll see something that i can actually win the game with and then i'll like keep the one good Menagerie target and like switch into the other one while I'm building the the like the top four winning composition. So it's it's definitely something I've noticed or I've realized just through playing so much uh, Menagerie, especially this meta. The, the, that single life thing isn't enough. It's just a tempo piece. It's like a Mythrax, right? It it works when uh, in a lot of a lot of heroes, right? They get double um, they get double fives on on uh, like eight gold or something like that, right? And you get double light fang, right? Then 
you can actually win with that, right? You have double life thing. Okay, I can build a comp around that, and then you can you're you can definitely get top four. You can definitely almost win if you have the right pieces uh, set up, and then uh, like you'll get like double life thing into you'll triple it. You'll get an amalgadon, right? Boom, amalgadon. Da da da. Then you'll go to six. Right, you'll start looking for more Malgadons, right? And you just end up swapping your pieces into Malgadon, and then you end with like a, a selfless or something like that. That's actually a winning composition. Whereas if you just have one life thing, it's just not good enough. You have to use it for um, direction. It's, it's almost, you're using it to tempo for actual direction, even though it is a directional piece in itself. In this meta, it's not strong enough, the single life thing, to win these lobbies. So that's, that's definitely yeah. something I've, I've, I've seen as well. Just need to look at if okay, what does this light fang provide for me right now, without me having to dump more gold into it, and then uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about uh -huh. about menagerie is um, something that I feel gained me a lot of MMR, which is uh, if if you know you mentioned that menagerie a lot of the time isn't good enough to win the game, it's not really elementals, it's not dragons, it doesn't scale as fast. So unless you did find two light fangs very early usually you need to have a backup plan so the best way for so this you go to menagerie work, to scam is that what it is yeah so <laughs> poison and big units really complement each other well because poison scam is incredibly fragile one coiler can kill four poisonous units right so um, you do need to have some protection so what i like to do is especially if I get one or two Mithrax early, let's say it's just one Mithrax, but you got him really early and he's just scaling to be a big boy. You pretty much from that moment on, you might ask yourself, okay, where do I take this? I don't really have a win con lined up. All you need to do from that point on is to transition it towards a poison scam. So a typical board might be, I have a Light Fang, I have a Mithrax, I have this Divine Shield mech, and then I have, say, a big droplet and a big alley cat or whatever was left from before, and those will do, right? They are buffing your Mithrax, and they're just decent stats for the mid game because Light Fang is pretty good in the mid game, but it's when people reach that critical mass where they get the Amalgadons, they get the Caligos, they get the Rags, they get uh, Eliza's, then suddenly your Light Fang and Mithrax is going to fall short. So you're going to want to start gathering Selfless. You're going to want to start gathering Primal Fin, Toxfin, Spore. And then there is that gradual or sometimes not so gradual switch where suddenly you'll sell that 2020 droplet and you'll put a Spore in. Because the 2020 droplet is no longer good enough to challenge what the opponents have. And the Mithrax is pretty big on its own. So then your board is going to look something like four Poisonous units, a Mithrax, selfless baron or you keep the big mech say a harvest golem with a module on it and you don't have the baron yet something along those lines and that oftentimes turns my average menagerie game into a top two or a top one if the top dog is not scam proof we're talking ghoul we're talking their own selfless nadina and all that so that systematic approach that says, okay, I have Lightfang, I have Mithrax. I'm not in a position to find my own scaling other than what I have right now, which I know is not enough to take the game. What do I need to do? Poison. That's a lot harder when Murlocs are out. 
is doable if you find two spores and you high roll on the Malgadon or whatnot. But it's definitely a strategy that is much, much more accessible with Murlocsin. Imagine they remove poison. Like, I don't even know. I don't think that's good. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, it, because what you get then is it turns into, oh, just high roll because there's no alternative, right? right. So everyone needs to go all in all the time. And the, that already feels like it's the case. It just turns it into even more. I like that. Yeah, I don't think that's the right uh, approach. What if they double poison? They add more poison application. Like that's that's the opposite too. That'd be yeah. Would that be make a it more available. I'm thinking about it. I feel like poison is right now. It appears in the right amount. I do so. like that we have the non Murloc games where you can feel a little safer with your Gar, right? right? Uh, you can feel a little safer if you're a Rana. You can do a big gold grubber, a big battle master. Um, and the information is available at the start of the lobby, right? People know at the very beginning, oh, poison's not very available, so I might just do big stats. Right now, I, I kind of like the balance. So yeah. I, I wouldn't really appreciate more or less poisonous. <laughs> I think that's fair. I, I think that's reasonable. So uh, I just I just thought it was interesting because it, it is it is something that's very impactful but you don't you don't talk about it we don't talk about it that much like how important like poison is yeah. like when they introduced spore i was like oh well does he play like <laughs> but then i'm like <laughs> yeah no. definitely well see play so uh it's pretty interesting uh just the the equalizer right yeah. gives you a bit of a chance against high rollers it it, it makes some cards that should be absolutely unfair busted like okay I, i'm okay this exists because there's there's an answer i could counter with, with poison here so yeah yeah i think it's a bit more of a skill testing card as well because there will be these points in the game where you roll past the spore and you're like hmm let me check my opponent seven elementals should have huh. bought the spore yeah i will probably need a poison so it's one of those things that's so ingrained right now where you know, if we're in the mid to late game section and I roll past the spore, I will almost on instinct just check my opponent's composition, see what they got. Do you and... do it? You do you do it after you rolled away the spore? Is that what you're saying? You roll past, <laughs> you roll away the spore, and you're like, no, oh. I'll, I'll see the spore. My brain will register the spore, okay. and then my cursor will move to my next opponent. Okay, because uh, uh. there, there are these other boards with like. You know, like five quillboard, for instance, is usually a pretty good indicator. There's this huge dynamic duo as well. Yeah. So score is pretty good against that as as well. So of course it depends a little bit on how strong you are. Sometimes just ah uh, fuck it, that's a waste of money. I don't need to do that. But especially if you're on the one loss means of dead kind of position and you're not super confident in your composition, it's usually very fine to buy a spore and end on that. And and I, I think that is something that doesn't happen super often or at least not often enough given how good that play is a lot of the time yeah, so, yeah it's a nice skill testing card in my opinion I, I, I was like that's what i do you know i roll past the spore and then i'm like huh there was a spore in my last shot <laughs> maybe i should have bought it do that with ghoul sometimes too oh i'm against george oh, i rolled past a ghoul well i hope i find another one that kind of thing but yeah uh that's um 
think that covers it, right? Menagerie in the meta, just uh, making sure that you're not getting too baited by the single application. Or sometimes you don't even have Lifefang, right? Maybe you get a brand and you have a couple pieces and um, you run that, right? It, it's almost the same style. You're, you're, you're using the brand to scale, but then you, you want to find a transition, right? You want to find, you want to be buying those, like little bit of poison, little bit of, like sometimes you'll have menagerie comp and then you'll see a lookout and you're like, okay, get out of some of my yeah, pieces. Get, yeah. prepare. It, it is definitely something that happens over the course of a couple turns Yeah, where sometimes you will just bank the brand. Because I'll just be like, huh, I'll just take the brand and then I can either get Primal Fin or I can triple into Amalgadon and try to get a Poisonous Amalgadon in here. Um, so yeah, it's really using that temporary power you have from the Lightfang Mithrax and, and setting up the, the end game transition, which is the Poison Skin. Yeah, like the, the one thing I guess you just have to realize is that Menagerie doesn't usually win. Uh, unfortunately, like it, 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 it used to back in the day, but now people are just like their comms are better, I guess. I don't know, but you can't, you, it's hard to compete. So you need some yeah. equalizer, the, I guess. The winning menagerie board is Flatus Gagum. So it's Quillboard Menagerie that takes the wins because it's just scales so much faster than the uh, Light Fang. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Flatus Agam. Is like different from Menagerie, right? It's like its own like, class back of in my day. Menagerie was a light fang, two if you were lucky. Menagerie was a brand back in my day. Remember when, yeah, yeah, we yeah, yeah. Were, we do. were just calculating the odds. Okay, so if we triple into a five, how much percent is it that we hit a light fang or a brand, right? Because that was the only two minions you gave a that, shit that's about. That's true, dude. I remember <laughs> it was. I think it was like 40% or something like yeah, that. Yeah, we were having the we were doing that math. We're like, yeah, yeah. okay, so how much percent do we have to get one of those two if we triple it? It was like, oh, those are decent odds. Yeah. Take yeah, all day, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> those were simpler days, man. Just, like, you hit a brand, you're like, my work here is done. I'm winning the game. I, I remember the game where I got like double life bank. Like this was like super early. And I just left. I just left the game. <laughs> <laughs> I just left. I got second. I, I just, I, I got lifing, and I was like, "Well, I've won." You know, I just left the game. I think it went on for like five, four or five more turns. So I just got second. I was like, "Oh, that, that was that was efficient." <laughs> that simpler times, right? Plus A plus A on your board. Wow, it can't be beat. Wrap it up, boys. Your junk bot can't outskill this. That's true. Junkbot was the was the actual the threat back then. So very true. But um, I think that will be it for our podcast today. Thank you guys. I actually don't have um the right. There we go. Uh, ignore the Fargo. Though I mean, has Fargo changed? Like just a little. Yeah, has has your opinion on Fargo changed this week? No, right. No, uh, I tried. I tried the tier one thing, but. The amount of times you roll the rock pool in the one and two instead of the token also feels bad. So, yeah, not a, not a Florgo fan yet. I really thought the Florgo change would be like, oh, this is actually playable, but uh, it doesn't necessarily seem to be. It's getting played more, huh? That's uh, it, it that's... moved. So, I think what helped is it's getting played less compared to when it just got <laughs> reworked, and True. the people that have no idea how to play Florgo are no longer playing Florgo. So, Went from you know the 
lower than fifth place average, which is really bad for a hero, uh, went to a respectable 4.85 on average. So, you know, still close to that fifth place, but not quite over. Not the board. worst hero. Huh? Not the no, worst hero. Uh, is uh, tying with Illidan. Huh? Uh, a little, little, bit, little bit better than AFK. <laughs> Definitely better oh, than Karamat and Lich Bazil. So yeah, it's some uh, some good company down there. Yeah, that that's that's depressing. Okay, well, <laughs> thank you guys for joining us here. I appreciate all the feedback, all the nice comments, and everything. If you want to send us a message, send us a message. I mean, you know where to do. It. And uh, see you guys next week. Hopefully next week they'll have the minion rework and we'll have like a big uh discussion about the minions and how it's so unfair how could they remove all these things that we loved and cared about or we could be like wow they barely changed the numbers on half of the cards oh this is going to be the same game you know that kind of thing so we'll see uh we'll see what expressions we'll have next week but uh thank you guys for joining us and uh we'll see you later take care and any final thoughts should you well, pretty much just echoing what you're saying. Hope that we get to bring you guys those juicy patch notes to talk about and predict and obviously get a lot of things wrong about how strong... Whoa, 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 whoa. We're always oh, right we're on never, our prediction. Yeah, we're never wrong. We're never I, wrong. I can't even remember a single wrong prediction that we've done on this show at all. <laughs> Doesn't happen. <laughs> Everyone. <laughs> it just gets cut pretty much, right? So it's no evidence of that ever happening. True. We we cut all of our wrong predictions. That's why you haven't heard it. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. We're cutting this as well. <laughs> 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 uh, yep. I'll see you guys. Take care. <laughs>